Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for The Mandalorian Season 3, Episodes 1 and 2. Did you think your dad was the only Mandalorian? Hello, I'm J-Law, but you can call me Justin, and if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geek-Centric, a podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geek-Centric. Joining me for today's spoiler-free review, we got a few of them. They're my fellow Mandalorians. Nate, Darcy, Megan, how we doing? <laughs> how we doing? Oh, stoked to be back with uh, with this show, dude. It's It's honestly, it's been way too long. Um, you know, obviously you're listening to this, so you can't see, but I've got my son with me. Uh, my little Grogu is, is here back again. Uh, and he's just as cute as ever. Oh my gosh. He's well, let's so be real cute here. He, he looks after you more so than, than you look after him. So <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yes. Very much like in, in these two episodes. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely. I like, and, uh, you know, we will get into that, but before we do, uh, I would love to let our lovely listeners know that at this very moment, out now we have our interviews with Bo-Katan herself Katie Sackoff and director Rick Famiyiwa available both on podcast feeds or on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric so you can see our beautiful faces and the faces of our beautiful interviewees you can see the faces of everyone all at once because you know what <laughs> this is the way but today we are here to talk about our first impressions of episode one and two of The Mandalorian season three. Uh, let's get you up to speed with a synopsis. The journey of The Mandalorian through the Star Wars galaxy continues. Once a lone bounty hunter, Din Djarin has reunited with Grogu. Meanwhile, the New Republic struggles to lead the galaxy away from its dark history. The Mandalorian will cross paths with old allies and make new enemies as he and Grogu continue their journey together. This stars Pedro Pascal, Katie Sackhoff, Carl Weathers, Amy Sedaris, Emily Swallow, and Giancarlo Esposito. Featuring directors like Rick Famiiwa, Rachel Morrison, Lee Isaac Chung, Carl Weathers, Peter Ramsey, and Bryce Dallas Howard. John Favreau is showrunner and head writer of this series, as well as executive producer, along with David Filoni, Rick Famiyiwa, Kathleen Kennedy, and Colin Wilson. I like how you said David Filoni. That's nice. <laughs> David. That's <laughs> very formal. Jean Favreau. Very formal. Jean yeah. Favreau. Jean Favreau. And <laughs> David Filoni. Uh, this is the way, guys. We are going to talk about we this. Should, sorry, just one episodes. more thing. I'm going to stop interrupting you because you're hosting this. But we should tell everyone that this is also a drinking game. So whenever you hear us say this is the way, take a shot, okay? Take sure. a shot. There you go. New <laughs> rules. They're always changing. Um, so let's kick off our discussion here. We were fortunate enough to get the first two episodes. First episode is available now for you to watch on Disney+, Plus, so you can enjoy that. Uh, but we were lucky enough to get episode two, which comes out next week. Huge thanks to our friends at Disney Studios Canada and Lucasfilm for giving us early access to these episodes so we can bring you our thoughts nice and early. But we will have a spoiler-filled discussion because, yes, we're starting another watch club for The Mandalorian Season 3. Uh, first episode drops Friday where we will get into all the details spoiler filled for episode one but for today we are keeping it spoiler free talking about what worked what didn't work 
for these first two episodes. I don't know about you guys. A lot worked for me. Um, that's because I'm, you know, a Star Wars shill who just loves anything and everything. <laughs> um, I'm going to kick things off, though, with this conversation, just mentioning how these first two episodes, what really worked for me is just how quickly things get moving. Uh, mm. We don't spend very much time with the sentiments of reuniting and, and so on. It is we're back. We are back in the Mandalorian galaxy at this part of the, the Star Wars story. And yeah, this these first two episodes do not waste any time getting us introduced to the adventure, to the action, to the things we loved about uh, the Mandalorian. Yeah, I think the the it's interesting. I think the they're very different uh, in terms of their how they're narratively structured. Uh, and again, we it's tough to talk about without going into spoilers. But I think the first episode very much gives you sort of a you know obviously you have to have watched season one and two and the book of Boba Fett uh, yeah. to be able to fully enjoy uh, this season. But I think the the first episode very much gives you like a, if you for some reason were just tuning in to The Mandalorian uh, season three, episode one, you would get a really good sense of what the show has sort of become uh, by this point, because I think it sort of touches and hits upon all the different notes that we've gotten. Uh, and there's some great moments for all types of fans. Um, again, without spoiling anything, I think I think no matter where you're sort of coming from uh, as a Star Wars fan, um, and especially if you are a Filoni fan, uh, there are some really, really fantastic moments um, that I can't wait to, to break down and, and talk about. So narratively, I think um, the first episode is, is sort of jumps around a bit. And then I think the second episode is going to be a little bit more of that linear sort of straight line uh, that you would, uh, you know, kind of come to expect from the the sort of uh, adventure episode. But but Justin, overall, I think to your point, they're not wasting their time. No, with two this, episodes, uh, yeah. this season, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, these two episodes really do a great job at setting everything up and getting the ball rolling pretty quickly. It's funny, Nate, that you say the first episode is a little bit like jumpy, and the second one is straight because mm -hmm. I felt quite the opposite. Oh. I feel like the second episode does a little bit of back and forth jumping around that, you know, for me, I feel like there were bits and pieces of that episode that didn't need to be there or some other pieces that could have been fleshed out a little longer rather than making mm. it feel so jumpy. Not to say that I didn't like it. It was an incredible episode. There were bits and pieces of this second episode that were a little bit expositional where the first episode introduces us quickly like you said to the characters we need to be aware of um in a really cool way they introduce the mandalorian again not mando but the general mandalorian which was so epic and yeah it gets us into that like lighthearted starting the adventure and it was a successful first two episodes that's for sure also both having very different tones not only storyline yes. plot line yeah. stuff but the tone of each was totally different mm -hmm. i mean the one thing that stood out from these first two episodes as much as i love the narrative and the story and how it's you know really kicking things off like we said 
It was more the set design and the practical Ooh, yeah. Like, yeah. effects of these locations that we're visiting in these first two episodes felt so much more fleshed out and rich. And with all these, again, I know Kevin has mentioned how he didn't wasn't the biggest fan of Andor's lack of aliens. Well, in these first two episodes, they are filling that void for aliens, <laughs> in my opinion, because you see species you never even heard of before. And I loved every second of it. So, again, they're really doing a good job of fleshing out these worlds even more than we already know. And I think that it's interesting with this season, I think it's a, a stellar improvement, a market improvement over the, the previous two seasons. And I think that's because it, to me, it sort of felt like in certain sequences, there was a little bit less reliance on the volume. And again, the volume is an incredible, awesome thing that was a huge push for the, for the industry and, and for, for shooting in that, filming in that way. But I, I there there it's it was a little overused I think in the previous uh, two seasons where they were kind of like they're stoked about this thing so that they're using it a lot um, whereas here I felt like there were some really really great moments that yes did absolutely use the volume um, but I just felt like for those moments that did the visuals were knocked up to eleven there is a monster uh, in in the first episode that just looks absolutely incredible but then there's also a lot of scenes where they're scaled back you can tell they're filmed uh on set and you're getting puppets like grogu or you're getting pirates um you know you're getting these these characters that are like these people wearing these actual masks i will say even though it is a bit cheesy that their mouths even on the the more human-like characters the pirates sort of moved like like puppets where they sort of open and close when they're talking I didn't mind it because it felt like classic Star Wars to me. Like that was the that was the sort of stuff where I'm just like, okay, I know that if I was standing in front of this this character right now, I would feel like I'm at Galaxy's Edge. Um, but I didn't care because it, it it sort of fits within the visual language that is classic Star Wars. Well, and that's one of the things I love about the way they've gone back to prosthetics and not utilizing CG as much as obviously millions of other action, fantasy, what have you, genres. Star Wars is known for its practical effects, so to continue to use them and just make them better is an immense goal, and they succeed every time. I also think the costume design in this show, after only seeing two episodes, is fantastic. And Mm -hmm. like you said, those pirates... Probably some of my favorite costumes I've seen in the Star Wars uh, show. So look out for people's costumes. But yeah, the mouth thing didn't bother me at all because I'm, I feel like we're all used to Star Wars using practical effects. Yeah, I think the what you guys are saying about the visual effects overall is entirely true. The first two episodes show that there is a an elevation to, to it. Like, yeah, we're, we're still getting the volume. It's still being used. But I think there is a lot more of an attention to detail in in telling this story. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that this story needs to be a lot bigger. Uh, you know, we're three seasons in um, and, you know, this needs to be a, a larger scale story that I think is going to feel a little more appropriate to the rest of, of Star Wars. Um, you know, especially after something like Andor that feels more intimate and personal, you know, they have to scale up 
this season of the Mandalorian so that it really does sit in that echelon of, of high, high uh, Star Wars, if you will. Right. Like that, that's sort of what we, what we know of Star Wars, the, the visual effects heavy, the uh, prosthetics, the puppetry, all of that stuff needs to be top tier uh, at its best. And it, it almost always is but to the point of what you guys were saying you know the first two seasons might have been a little softer with that they might have been a little bit more leaning on that volume and set design with the volume to help kind of give more life and finding and striking that balance but you know here we are three seasons deep you know they're they're comfortable with that now they can go a little bit deeper and maybe their pockets have got a little deeper maybe they have a lot more money now that they can actually spend in terms of 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 actually bringing these 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 episodes to life well, there were certain moments in, in these episodes where I was sitting there and it the, the thought just kept hitting my brain of just like, this is a movie like this is this is I know it's a series, but it's a movie like it. The, the quality there's there's no difference anymore. Uh, and I love that. And I do think from a standpoint of them making this story bigger, like you said, Justin, I think that shift for uh, Din happened the moment that we moved from the Razor Crest uh, to the N1 Starfighter in the sense that there's nowhere to put a bounty in your N1 Starfighter, at least not comfortably. Um, so, so in that case, you know, I think he's no longer a bounty hunter. He's on a mission. And I think these episodes um, both really do a phenomenal job of, of setting up that mission uh, while at the same time also catching some people up. Again, I mentioned that you, you absolutely should watch the book of Boba Fett. Um, at least if you don't really want to watch the book of Boba Fett, watch certain episodes of the book watch of the Boba Fett. Watch the last three Fett. episodes. Or the last um, four yeah, episodes. Because you'll season. basically get the Mandalorian <laughs> 2.5. Um, so definitely, definitely check those out. But I think even if you didn't, um, they do... Uh, a, a decent job of sort of catching you up uh, with what happens uh, well, in these episodes. I will say, you know, if if we're going to maybe talk a little bit about what didn't work, I, I did think that there were some moments that did feel a little awkward, but only for the people that have already experienced those moments through well, the book you're, of Boba Because you're talking about the repetition, right? Because I think that yeah. it's interesting that in the previously on for episode one, they catch you up to speed, but then the whole first part of episode one is reiterating a lot He's of catching you up to speed right again. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, from, from the same characters, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think that, yeah, there, there, there is that, but the one takeaway from having to do it again is that there's a little bit more detail as to what needs to be done and the sort right. of agreeance of what his mission is. Uh, I think in the book of Boba Fett, it was very much left. Uh, it was a little more like, vague. Yeah, this is what you have to do. Here he's saying, this is what I'm going to do. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I think that there's that, the, there's a validation that happens at the beginning of this that, you know, Mando or, or Din understands this is what he needs to do. This is the way. Take a shot. Um, Here we go. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I'm... I, I agree with you. I think that from from a pacing standpoint, I think that both could be said because I, I, I agree with Meg. I think the way episode two kind of like back and forth, there's a little back and forth weaving that happens. Um, it makes it a little it, it's it's just an odd way of pacing it within the episode. Um, but that said, again, it's really hard to talk about this without spoilers. But, you know, <laughs> let's just the, say the there's, there's a sequence. There is a sequence that I do think personally for me. And we've seen this in Loki where uh, specifically the middle of Loki, where we, we sort of have two characters walking and talking 
for what feels like a really long time. And this is where, where you, Megan, you brought up the expository thing. Yeah. And listen, I'm not a writer. I, I don't know exactly how I would have had them do it differently. All I know as somebody who's watching this stuff and taking in this content is that's not for me, at least. I, I, I can mm-hmm. definitely say that. So I think it, it, from, a, from a pacing standpoint for that second episode, there is a little bit of sort of a lull um, and a little sort of bit of, um, uh, of, of retreading uh, something that we've already sort of they sort of go over that stuff again and again in yeah. the episode. Well, let's, and, and again, it's it's. Well, I, I know we well, can't let's talk. Be fair, about it. Let's be fair. Let's be fair here. Retreading, as you pointed out, is part part of the reason why is because what was treaded before was in a show about another bounty character. Do you know what I mean? Right. That someone which might they don't watched. even use in the ketchup. Like that was the only thing I found well, interesting. Uh, they do. Like, There's so much stuff episode in the ketchup you don't really. And I'm talking about episode one, though, like when you're first oh, coming sure. back, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. haven't watched Book of Boba Fett and you don't know how they get back together, they never reference it at all. He, it's like a one throwaway line and yeah. then they move on. Like the fans who are just, they like Mandalorian and don't really care about anything else outside that bubble and they didn't watch Book of Boba Fett, there would be so much head scratching going on about what, like how, why, why not more on that? Like I'm just very confused why they didn't dwell, like dwell on that a bit more for, again, those people who don't watch everything that Star Wars releases. Well, and I'll even say, Nate, with you saying there were a few expositional moments that were reiterated again just because it it felt like, okay, they did the opening sequence of saying previously on, but then they continued to reiterate a little bit more. For someone who hasn't watched the show in quite some time because it's been a while since season two came out and it's been a while since the Book of Boba Fett came out, I actually kind of needed that because sure. it was like, oh yeah, I forgot that all these things happened. Yeah, it's 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 welcomed for sure, and it's it's definitely appreciated in terms of getting us up to speed. But I think that I think we are all seasoned Star Wars fans to a certain mm-hmm. degree here, and as as you pointed out, it was something that you appreciated. I think for us, from for myself, I could say that watching it, having remembered where we were, watching the previously on, and then getting it again in the opening parts, it just to Nate's point felt kind of like Bit okay much. we're just we're just we're just doing this all over again so <laughs> well I mean Justin this is the way um I will say though one thing that I needed to be hit with that I haven't been hit with in way too long uh was this incredible score uh from both Ludwig Gordonson with the theme um and also Joseph Shirley with the composition Shirley. and the way that that just sort of takes the theme and and melds it like you would expect by this point in season three that I'd be over the Mandalorian theme dude it hits every single time <laughs> oh, yeah. and in this first episode the the moment that they play it for the first time I was like, oh, it's so I good. was yeah. screaming. Chills. I was yeah, just yeah, yeah. chills. I'm still getting chills thinking about it because it absolutely, it, it hits right on target. And honestly, it is oh. such a phenomenal, phenomenal moment. And I, I think the the music in this series is just, it's just excellent. And I, I love also that we have themes now, right? Like we have a Grogu theme that every time you hear like the little ding, like little noise, like little bells, you know, going off. You're just like, oh, that's a Grogu situation right now. So um, really, really digging it. And uh, and yeah, dude, this is going to be another uh, soundtrack that I'm going to have to get as soon as they pop it out. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to talk to you guys, though, about the characters that we get introduced to. Uh, again, you know, being, again, reintroduced to so many of them. Um, you know, we got Din. He seems a little more um, motivated or mm-hmm. that he has more direction. Um, you know, he's not necessarily as floundering. Uh, you know, I think that the first two episodes show that 
He knows what he has to do. And it, it very much sets up a different Dinjarin. Am, am I the only one that, that kind of got that vibe or how did you? Absolutely not. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, you know, I, I think that it's, it's, it's that in itself makes me very interested in how the rest of this season is going to unfold. Um, but, you know, we also, we, we also, uh, you know, these episodes did give us another reintroduction to Katie Sackhoff's Wibokatan, um, which I, I honestly, like, I am just, I know part of it is because I had the chance to talk with her, but at the other side of it, it's just the longevity of this character, how much she has come from the animated now into live action. It is just, mm-hmm. it's perfect. She's great uh, right off the bat. And, you know, she really does show a sense of um, desperation that I think is is very much going to be explored. And, and I, I, it definitely sets up, you know, again, these characters the when we see them it's setting up a lot for like the motivations for the rest of the season and i I appreciate that if anything from these these first two episodes that's what we get a lot of we get a lot of intent and understanding where these characters are at this specific point well and she even said it herself like in in the interview that he did with her like Mm -hmm. we're coming to a, a very different Bo-Katan than where we left her she was she was you know she was so egotistical when we left her she is the ruler of Mandalore in that moment and here we see her she's 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 kind of been hit in the face with a rude awakening uh and she has to kind of deal with that and the way that they sort of show her and and um, they they kind of navigate that reluctance in her mm-hmm. uh, to kind of help. She's kind of mourning, is, right? Is yeah, in a way, she's almost mourning the not only the her you know. I think she's mourning the life that she thought she thought. was going towards, exactly. yeah. and mm-hmm. and that's really where we catch her. And and it, it, she's pretty yeah, she's pretty bummed out. Yeah. And this is where I gotta boost Katie Sackhoff's ego because <laughs> she is not only an incredible voice actor she does Mm -hmm. such a good job as Bo-Katan in the Clone Wars and Rebels series but it's I find it really interesting to see the opposite happen where a screen actor and she's done other things than just Star Wars obviously but to see a screen actor take over a voice acting role is an adjustment and obviously you have to be more theatrical and enunciate more and there's a lot you know, you can't just show your emotion on your face. You have to just focus it in your voice. And I feel like to do the opposite is also a difficult task when you're someone who's just focused on their voice and then you have to be a visual screen actor. She is like a quadruple quintuple threat. She can do <laughs> everything. It's unbelievable. The performance she pulls in just episode two is like heart-wrenching it's beautiful it's wow amazing yes (laughs) Yes, i i couldn't agree more and i i think just to the point that you're talking about you know the fact that she can cross over from animated into live action and still do everything that her character is asking of her in live action that 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 is a huge testament and and the reason why katie sackoff will forever be bo-katan uh nate how about you you have something uh, to say this is the way well i just wanted to bring up my man (laughs) carl weathers uh is so much fun and in in this first episode i think it's really great to see he's incredibly regal (laughs) high magistrate get that right um he's he's awesome and I, i really really enjoy what they've they've done with this character and sort of where he's come um but speaking of of sort of 
character growth. I mean, not physically, um, but in a lot of ways, uh, Grogu is oh, yes. a very different Grogu than where yeah. we, we left off. And you can see the training has paid off. You can see he's he's you know he's he's not only more capable. But at the same time, they also find a lot of ways in these first two episodes to show just how much of a little kid he actually is. And I love it. I love those little moments. And I love that they're they're able to sort of show that progression from when we initially got Grogu. He was kind of just like a little bean sitting in a little chair uh, and much like a, a real child, I guess. He's he's growing up. He's he's yeah. uh, he's becoming you, more capable. You've got taller, Gro- taller Grogu now or toddler it. Yoda. It's I love not it. baby Yoda. It's toddler, toddler Yoda. Toddler Yoda. There we go. <laughs> it's, it's great. I mean, the one this is actually one issue that I did have until uh, John Favreau released a statement clar- like clarifying the timeline. Yes. Mm. Because... Grogu has made such leaps and bounds in his training. It's just without seeing that it has been two years. He spent two years with Luke and they were apart for that long. It really then sinks in that, oh, he did get a lot out of that those two years. He spent that time training as a Jedi. So it's very odd that they don't mention that at all. Like the, this, the show is very good at avoiding time saying timelines. Yeah. Time yeah. So smart. like it just... It's smart. Again, the comic universe is probably like rolling over so happy for this because there's so many plot holes, like little holes in this timeline that they can fill in now with like as many stories or books that they want to do. But it's just, it's weird well, that they don't reference that to kind of clarify because sure. as far as we know, it could have been a month with Luke. We but, don't know how long, long that weekend. really was. In every Marvel movie or show, they do the same thing, right? If you look at anyone's oh, yeah. phone, uh, like in She-Hulk, like of course we get to see America's ass, but we also, uh, on her phone, we don't see a date. We just see the time. And so I think, right. I think that is all purposeful. That's all part of that marketing. That's all part well, of that. They, they could that I lie that time I, has passed sure. and they really didn't do that very but it's, well in but my it, opinion. When, he, when yeah. we're talking about Star Wars, it does matter. It does mm-hmm. matter where these stories fall in place in the timeline. Now, I, I, we know where this story fits after the events of Return of the Jedi, but before the sequel trilogy of 7, 8, and 9. Um, but I think it, it, it kind of aligns with, with the breaks that we've had between seasons right mm. so we had mandalorian season one and i think they said there's about a year that passes right i think we got about a year of time between season one and season two and then it is true it's been over two years since we've had season two and here we are with season three and in that time yeah he was with luke and and stuff like that um so they might have expanded it a little bit more outside of that but yeah i i do think that it is it's it's kind of important to the Star Wars story to understand where these things fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as Nate pointed out, when it comes to the MCU and the Marvel, and it's supposed to be very much the, it can happen anytime. It's not necessarily specific unless it's a, a period piece like Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, it can be ambiguous with its date and more about a time uh, uh, thing. So I think it's good that Favreau at least came out with some sort of statement mm-hmm. to at least let us know that there has been some time that's passed. It, it wasn't a long weekend with Luke, that, you know, like <laughs> a, a training bender, if you will, that he went on. Um, so I, I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, to the sentiments of what you were saying, Nate, like, uh, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about Din Djarin. You know, Din Djarin looks confident. So does Grogu. Grogu and and uh, and and Din Djarin together seems stronger than ever. It was like even though that time for us felt like nothing, obviously the two years for them allowed them to grow and reconnect and kind of 
you know, do a, a, and take on this new adventure more confidently and, and, and unified. So I think it's, it, it's clear in these two episodes, we're dealing with uh, grown up versions of, of Din Djarin and, and Grogu. Well, this mm-hmm. is the way, Justin. This, this is, is the way. way. <laughs> Speaking of this is the way, was there anything, I know we've been kind of like sprinkling it throughout our conversation here about things that didn't specifically work. Was there anything that like, you know, outright you guys didn't mention yet that that didn't work for you in regards to this these these first two episodes. I think just small things, and again, the biggest thing was the fact that they don't reference time or how long has passed. But mm-hmm. again, that was easy to to get over once you read John Favreau's car- clarification. So mm-hmm. it's very small on my my side, at least. <laughs> I think I think yeah, I think it's just some of the ideas of of again are are we are we catering to an audience that didn't watch book of boba fett are we not catering catering to an audience that didn't watch book of boba fett those were kind of the only only spots and then i think just a little bit of 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 pacing i i think the first episode it it kind of it to me it it did, does jump uh not necessarily back and forth but all over the place um mm-hmm. and and for some people that'll feel a little disjointed but as i mentioned the reason i kind of dug it was because it is kind of like a a poo poo platter if you will of of the mandalorian <laughs> yeah. um where you know you're getting you're getting the best of of all the different sort of things uh you're getting a uh you know visit with with uh with a character from before you're getting yeah. a, a fun Introduction alien to species new characters. you're yeah. getting a yeah. wild west shootout mo- like you're getting yeah. all these little moments uh mm-hmm. in one in one episode and yeah. so as as disjointed as that can feel I enjoyed it, but I do think there is a bit of that, um, a bit of a pacing problem in that second episode, um, where again they did sort of pull the cardinal sin of the walking and talking for minutes at a time that just didn't feel as exciting as it, as it could have been. But what what the results of both the be- sort of the beginning and and end of that second episode? Oh boy! Like, like let's go. Worth it. Definitely <laughs> yeah. worth it. It's yeah. worth it to get to to definitely get to yep. that point. So absolutely, um, yeah. I, I don't think I can without spoiling anything. I don't think I can go any, any further with uh, with with any more details. Yeah, and I would say the pacing again in episode two is my only riff, but it's. <clears throat> obviously worth it it's just the back and forth and then back again and forth again and back and then forth is like yeah i think it's maybe one of those didn't need to be in there that's correct but i think it's the age-old problem with with tv series with how we move through different points of the story Mm -hmm. um and how how quickly we spend in one spot i do agree i think the first episode is very much like a um, reminder of all the things that make up the Mandalorian that make it really special and you get to experience that as a poo-poo platter uh, as Nate said. <laughs> Why can't we um, use like charcuterie board or something? Yeah. <laughs> poo-poo platter dude. <laughs> poo-poo platter. Uh, but yes I'm, I'm with all of you. I, I, I think pacing for these first two episodes it's not something that I, I was expecting would be resolved. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? I think that as we even get through more of these episodes, because there's six more to come, um, you know, we will see this ongoing pacing uh, issue. We've had it with animated. We've had it with, you know, with, <laughs> with live action. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's going away. It's just a matter I, of, of refining the stories. Honestly, I had no issues with the pacing in the second episode. That one felt like a return to form for just a Mandalorian story of the week type thing. And it was very, like Nate was saying earlier, very linear in its structure. And I I enjoyed that. And this lull you're talking about, I can't 
for the life of me think of what you're talking about. So that's <laughs> just we'll talk about it in the watch club. We'll talk about it offline. Yeah, we'll talk about it in the watch club. Yeah, I enjoyed this. The second episode to me was much better in terms of pacing wise, and it has me excited, especially where well, the payoff, this, the payoff, yeah, this, where this season will go. I I cannot wait to see. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Okay, well, guys, I think uh, we've we've said our piece. I think it's time to wrap this thing up. Uh, with our final thoughts and our score, uh, which will be on a rating out of one to five Kowakian monkey lizards. Nate, go ahead. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, okay. So as I mentioned, I think the, the opener is a bit clunky. Uh, it's a bit awkward at times, um, but it does act like just all the best parts of The Mandalorian. And I think that not not just like where the show um sort of started but where where it's how it's what it's become essentially um and and whether that be for the good or the bad i think i think the episode sort of highlights all those moments some of the things that maybe as as fans we sort of had to sort of get used to over the course of the last two seasons but have sort of come to love and that's part of the charm of the show uh we get some really great moments for animated fans feloni fans uh as well as some really fantastic action moments and great subtleties for what's to come and then that second episode again as i mentioned a little bit more of a straightforward narrative a little bit of a slower pace there is a little bit of sort of retreading or back and forth that does happen um but overall the story, as we mentioned, is flying by, uh, and I think the the pace for the show is is really really great. I think episode uh, two, it it's it's gonna have your there, there's a cliffhanger that's gonna have your jaw through the ground, uh, you know, deep deep into the into the earth, if you will. Um, that just I like I had to pick mine back up. Um, but for every other moment that I was watching the show. My jaw was sitting comfortably on my face and I had a beautiful little smile there because you cannot help but smile at so many of the moments in these first two episodes. So I'm going to give these first two episodes of The Mandalorian Season 3 a solid four out of five. Kowakian monkey lizard. Free range Kowakian monkey lizard. You notice that now? They're, they're free range. <laughs> they're, they're off mm-hmm. living in a tree. It's beautiful. Awesome. Meg? Yeah, I thought it was a fantastic way to start Season 3. Lots of action right off the bat, a great way to get us going and into the beginning of a huge adventure that I'm sure Mando and Grogu are going on this season, not only in these first two episodes, but the next six after. Um, I I love Grogu with all my heart, and I'm happy to see him by himself sometimes, maybe, um, but also, you know, his connection that he's made with Mando and vice versa. I love to see the growth through all the characters we know and love and also see some new faces. Um, Great start. I'm stoked to see what we have in store. Same as Nate. um, I'm going to give this four out of five Kowakian monkey lizards. (laughs) I had to read that off a piece of paper because I (laughs) can't say it. (laughs) Awesome. Darcy. Uh, again, I really enjoyed these episodes. I do agree that the first did kind of, it didn't fit the vibe of Mando that we know and love, but all those moments that they were revisiting and kind of referencing did have me really excited. And there was a moment in that first episode that probably had me more excited for another show that is on the uh, horizon potentially. And that was just completely unexpected. So there were moments in that episode and then the second episode as a whole I loved because it felt like we were returning to that that this grand scale of, of mystery almost that we're trying to unfold through the eyes 
of the Mando and Grogu trying to figure out what's next in their path and how do they get there type thing. I loved it. So yeah, I'll be giving the first two episodes 4.5 out of 5 Kowaki and Monkey Lizards because I, I can honestly say I am super excited to see where their story goes next. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to echo everyone's sentiments and say, yeah, this was an absolute blast. These first two episodes did exactly what they needed to do. They reintroduced us to a new and invigorated Din Djarin and Grogu, uh, while also reintroducing us to the world of the Mandalorian. Uh, I know that's odd to say because we're part of the same galaxy, but you know, coming off the heels of something like Andor, uh, which was refreshingly different for Star Wars. This was returned to norm uh, and the conventions of what we love about Star Wars, the action, the adventure, the history, the lore, uh, the surprises. Um, there's there's so many great surprises just in this first two episodes, these first two episodes that, you know, I think as you described it, Nate, just had me smiling as a Star Wars fan. I was thrilled and excited. Um, and yeah, they they definitely, they definitely get me excited for what's to come. I'm excited to see, you know, what new allies or old allies that we run into. I'm sure we're going to see Boba Fett show up in this. Um, I'm wondering if we're going to see any crossover to something like Skeleton Crew, uh, you know, with that show on the horizon, or if we see Ahsoka again. Like, there's just so many opportunities now that The Mandalorian is back up with season three. And it, it being very much a gateway to a specific time period within the Star Wars galaxy, what else are we going to see? So, I think that even just in these first two episodes, there's some surprises. There's some things that are going to have you in awe, uh, especially based on if you're a huge Star Wars fan. So, yeah, I'm going to be giving this as well a four out of five Kowakian monkey lizards. There you go. Well done. This is the way. This This is is the way. The way. Darcy, say it. Say this is the way. No, I was trying to avoid it the entire <laughs> time. So I'm doing it on purpose now. Don't worry. We'll, we'll have another yeah. chance to say it at the end. So, uh, well, that is it for this spoiler-free review for The Mandalorian Season 3, Episodes 1 and 2. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to write into the show and let us know your thoughts on the first episode, because that's out right now on Disney Plus for you to stream, uh, well, you can do so by reaching out to us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's we are geekcentric at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at we are geekcentric. Keep in mind we have a ton of other great content available on our podcast feed for you to enjoy. As I mentioned at the top here, we're not done talking about The Mandalorian season 3. We are kicking off another watch club that starts this Friday or tomorrow depending on when you're listening to this episode where we will get into a deep dive discussion about all the spoilers from episode one uh, and we will be continuing to do that week to week dropping episodes every friday but if you're a fan of our watch clubs and you're a fan of all things star wars and you want to hear more of these four lovely voices well you can join us for star wars the bad batch season two uh we are deep in that watch club we just posted episode 11 earlier this week and uh, that will be wrapping uh, towards the end of march and if that's not enough watch clubs for you well we have another one for the hbo original series the last of us uh nate and i have been going uh episode to episode talking about it uh, and posting those every sunday night at 10 p.m literally the hour after the show drops on hbo 
we drop our podcast episode so you can join us a bit of an after show uh, and and take it in and, and hey that's this week is the penultimate episode next week is the finale so that is on its way to being done uh, and we got a ton of other stuff coming this month um, so be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcast that's it for us nate megan darcy Thank you so much for joining me for this spoiler-free discussion for The Mandalorian Season 3. I look forward to doing more of it. But until then, as we say, this is the way. way.